Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Hero or Zero. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking one comic book character, as we do every single week. We talk their good points, their bad points, and just generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mead. Sean, how is it going? Look, I, I'm, I, I, look, I appreciate the intro, Connor. Thank you for not making up some random title for me to have that I then have to improv something back on. Uh, What did you say to me last week? Was I Archbishop or something? uh, The Honoured Reverend or something like that. Oh, the Honoured Reverend, yes. Uh, Bless you, my son. How how dare you suggest the other one? That would be ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. um, But, uh, no, thank you, Connor, for introducing me. It is good to be here. I really enjoy Hero Zeros, even when it's a weird DC character that no one likes. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> got him. <laughs> this classic rivalry that is so burning strong between us. Even though I we mean, are a ha- duo in this podcast world. <laughs> but but, but we, we build a bridge once a week and we to talk about a comic book character. <laughs> and we talk all their good points and their bad points. And now, uh, two weeks ago, I covered a man called Open Window Man. Indeed you did. And you seen that shit. <laughs> and you said... I'm going to do oddball to back it up. So we went shit and shit. But previous to that, you had done a character that I would say is very renowned as being like a big report. As being a big character in Marvel. Like comic book royalty is the Green Goblin. Mm. Exactly. And so this week I decided to do a character that would also be quite a large character. Um, And I knew this report was going to go slightly longer. So... Anyone who's already seen the title knows where I'm going with this. I'm going to do a character that's going to imply that we really should quiet down, Sean. Oh. We should be very quiet in the studio here because Qu- quiet. we should really. We should. <laughs> quiet? What do you mean, quiet? <laughs> <laughs> we should really, you know, hush a little bit in the studio. Okay, I'm, I'm Guys, listening, we... Connor. I'm listening. <laughs> 
But who are you doing? Get on with it. <laughs> I am doing Thomas Elliot this week, who is otherwise known as Hush okay. um, in the Batman world. Right, I see what you mean now when you said this was a big character. So, mm. all I know about Hush, Hush was a character that was unknown to me until Arkham City came out. And, and he's um, he's like a side mission in that. He is, yeah. Like It's not even a like main character. But even from the little like taste of it I got, I know this is going to go really in-depth. <laughs> well, luckily for me, there is a movie that is just based on all of this, right? Okay. And so that, that was handy enough. And we will cover that comic book story. Um, obviously, sorry, I said movie there, but I mean comic book run that was developed into a movie. Um, but they didn't develop the comic book afterwards. <laughs> but um, Comics are a new idea. I, I think they are. Um, but I will be covering, like, the start, what happened after that in the comic book. So it isn't just going to be that timeline of what you see in the film itself. But, I mean, we are going to tackle that as well. So if you've seen the movie, you'll know a lot of this, but we'll cover it again. But watch it anyway um, and give his, it a like. Give it a, it's not one of our podcasts. Give us a like. Oh, give right. us a like and then give them a like. But like us for like us more. You have to like us, please. <laughs> please. Um, so we're starting uh, with Thomas Elliot, who was created by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Now, his first appearance was in January of 2003. So it was actually pretty recent that his first appearance in Batman Comics came about. Yeah, in the world of comics, that is like brand new, essentially. Yeah, like really shiny unless you're like a new 52 character that was only solely created for that. So I'm going to get straight into it because it's a log report. But born a child of wealth and privilege, young Thomas Elliot was close friends with a certain other little boy who had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a freaky aura about him. This is little Bruce Wayne. Ah, little Nothing Bruce will Wayne. happen with that guy. No, I'm sure both of these children will grow up into competent, well-rounded adults. Bruce's father, Dr. Thomas Wayne, was happy to see the two bond and believed that Bruce had finally found a friend that he could relate to because he was a little freak boy. Um, It's not said here, but I'm filling in the gap. It's implied, Um, yeah. (laughs) He just loved guns. (laughs) But um, he was walking around going, I just love handguns. What will ever change? Um, But Thomas and Bruce enjoyed playing games of strategy together. But Thomas, however always seemed to outmaneuver the otherwise brilliant Bruce in every single one of these games. Interesting, because Bruce Wayne is always portrayed as he's always just been quite smart and great at everything. But yeah, Thomas was he's no, better he's notoriously, than him. He's notoriously known as possibly one of the smartest characters in DC, or as a, maybe the smartest. Okay, and so, but in terms, mm. I, like, I like what they're setting up here as well, that in terms of, like, strategy... Thomas Elliot wins. Now, obviously, that won't come up again. No, I've just covered this for the crack. That's just a bit of flavour for early on in the story. <laughs> Later on, he becomes fine. Um, <laughs> Thomas's father, Roger Elliot, however, now Dr. Thomas Wayne, lovely man. Roger Elliot was an alcoholic who would physically abuse young Thomas. Right. His ma- mother, Marla, who came from more humble beginnings and married into the fa- Elliot family's wealth, was unwilling to risk losing her acquired social status and wealth and instead stayed with Roger, continuing to expose her son to her husband's abuse. Oh, that's a bit fucked. Oh, not a fan of that. 
<laughs> it's not, it wouldn't be the best move, I would say. I think it would actually probably show you in a bad light to do any of that. Yeah, it's not exactly parent of the year material, is it? No. Well, she just likes money, you know? She and just he likes the dollars. drink. <laughs> he likes to drink and abuse. And look, aren't they all getting what they want other than maybe, you know, young Thomas? <laughs> probably isn't. <laughs> the child. Um, she forced Thomas to memorize war strategy so that he could better defend himself against his father's abuse. How fucking abusive was he? <laughs> like, was he putting them on like battlefields? He's got a fucking blitzkrieg on the kid. <laughs> Go on to bed like, I'll be up in an hour for a blitzkrieg. Don't you fucking wait. Right? But like, and then Thomas just rolls like, oh, fucking hell, another blitzkrieg day. He's eating his cereal and just fucking bombs dropping. <laughs> Abuse isn't um, funny, but that was that was just a little bit we did. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but the fact that she's like, no, I'm staying with your father. I love spending money. But at the same time, Here's a fucking book on war strategy. Learn that off because he's kicking the shit out of you. Here, look at these Which, fellas. They fought a load of people. <laughs> and they're fine. Uh, and learn to strategically manoeuvre and avoid his father's wrath. He used the book for. Which I think, surely giving him the book is admittance that you're doing something wrong. Yeah, and he's probably like, okay, thanks for the book. Could I maybe have yeah. some help, please? <laughs> yeah, I, I have, a, like, you've chopped your arm off and your mom's like, here, have a plaster. <laughs> it's like, well, no, I could just go to the hospital. No, no, there's plaster. It'll figure it out. It'll be like if you got your arm chopped off and your mother handed you a book about these are the dangers of knives. <laughs> Um, so at age 10, Thomas, who obviously is very angry at this point, attempted to engineer the debt of his parents and gained their wealth by cutting the brakes on their car. Wow. The ensuing car accident was blamed on Roger's drinking problem. Although detective, a detective named Sla- Slam Bradley, which is a great Slam name. Slam Bradley is an ex-wrestler <laughs> and I love him. <laughs> Slam Bradley <laughs> um, and his pa- his partner Power Bob Higgins. Um, <laughs> S- S- Slam Slam Bradley suspected that Thomas might be involved. Both were taken to the Sacred Heart Hospital and rushed into surgery, where Doctor Thomas Wade tried but was unable to save Roger. But he did succeed in saving Marla. And Marla's recovery at the hands of Bruce's father became the beginning of Thomas, Tommy's grudge against the Wades. And a particularly Thomas Wade himself, because he wanted both of them dead. Yeah, and Thomas Wayne did his job as a doctor. Because he's a nice man. They wouldn't let him operate on his friends. I don't think so, but this is this is comic books. This, Who cares? You were going to say this is the fifties, but no, Connor. This was the early two thousands. This was written. <laughs> this is two thousand and three. It was a different time. Different time. We all coughed on each other. Out. We were grand. <laughs> I was rubbing up against people's faces for a laugh. <laughs> so after the accident, Marla became very possessive and controlling of Toby, as he was the only family she had left, and her only tie to the Elliot name. So now he's most important because. Like, he's her only tie to that bloodline. I didn't think this mother character could get worse, but now she absolutely has. Oh, what a what a classy gal. Um, later that year, mother, Bruce's mother managed to convince Marla to send Tommy, along with little Bruce, to summer camp. 
A few days into the programme, Thomas nearly confessed to Bruce about murdering his father when Marla showed up unannounced at the campsite demanding that little Tommy return home with her, which caused the other children to mock him, calling him a mama's boy, leading to Thomas violently lashing out at them, which I think makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he hates his mother. He's made that abundantly Mm. clear. (laughs) He tried to kill her. Also, I like how the two mums are named Martha and Marla. Yeah, look, they didn't really take it through. <laughs> As if a mother's names in DC has ever been a problem before. You know, I'm surprised right. at this recent event. That's never going to be a plot point ever. You're correct. <laughs> Why did you say that name? I said Marla. All right, I'll kill you then. <laughs> um, after the camping incident, Tommy spent the rest of the summer at a clinic for anger issues under the supervision of one Dr. Jonathan Crane. Um, oh. Does anyone know who Dr. Jonathan Crane is? He's a big bird that dresses up as some That's kind true. of doctor. Lives on a street. <laughs> yes. Yes, he, yes, he does. No, uh, Jonathan Crane is an insane man called Scarecrow, who's a psychiatrist, but also a yes. criminal. While hospitalised, Tommy began to have increasingly paranoid thoughts and began to believe that his friend Bruce had conspired with his mother to ruin Tommy's summer. It was at this point that Tommy's grudge just, it sounds like a summer movie. It does. Mom is trying to ruin my summer, Our man. summer's at stake, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys, we got to band together and save summer. Yeah. Um, it was at this point that Tommy's grudge against the winds also included his former best friend, Bruce. So he's now just, he's encapsulated the whole family. Marta, she's iffy. But the other two, they're very much getting all of his anger. That, that's true, but like, Marta just is... Is doing her best, you know? Yeah, she she's trying. Nothing will happen to her, don't worry. No, she's got all those Crane recognised <laughs> recognize that Tommy had sociopathic tendencies. But rather than keep him, at, keep him for treatment, he found the boy interesting. Oh, no. And made sure he got his release. <laughs> you never want your psychiatrist to describe you as interesting, do you? <laughs> well, you see, Crane is a scarecrow. He's... He doesn't like the fact that people are normal and he's very interested in just psychology and crazy people. So he sees this young boy who's full of anger and is a complete sociopath and he's like, let's let him out into the world and I'll study him further. Isn't this the exact plot of The Phantom Menace? I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever movie you were going to say, I was going to disagree. Isn't the exact plot of that Hush movie that they made? It is very similar. Later in life, Scarecrow would serve as one of Thomas's mentors as Hush, which came up. But soon after Tommy's hospitalisation, Bruce's parents... You're not going to believe this, mm-hmm. right? You're Spoilers? actually going to be shocked. Spoiler warning here? Um, there's a spider warning on this. Everyone just take five seconds. Bruce's parents... They don't do living anymore oh God. after this. Okay, not Me, Marla. Oh done. no, the other one. <laughs> no, say that name again. Oh, Marta. Oh yeah, that, that's the right one. They met their untimely demise, and Thomas felt that justice had been served to the two little dickheads. But he, but what? But he, he. I, look, I get he doesn't like the Waynes. That's hardly hmm. justice served, is it? I mean, it is though. Like, they, his father saved, tried to save his father. Like, 
Bruce's father tried to save his father, so he hates him for that. But then he actually saved his mother after he tried to kill her. And so now he really hates the two of them. And now he's very much happy that they're dead. And afterward, Marla continued to closely control Thomas, holding the promise of funding medical school over his head if he continued to acquiesce to her every demand. Thomas remained in Gotham and cared for her throughout her illness with cancer, despite her increasing mental instability, as if she was very stable to begin with. Very level-headed lady. Um, Yeah. In the meantime, orphaned Bruce, you you don't know who this guy is, he's going to come up later on, spent years, or spent his time travelling the world, presumably training. Thomas envied Bruce's freedom, and his mother constantly compared him negatively to Bruce, and furthered his grudge against his former friend. What? Why can't you be more like that Bruce, lad? His parents are dead. <laughs> Why don't you just travel the world, but also stay here with me, yeah, never uh, leave. You want to be a doctor? I'll pay for it, <laughs> but you have to be mine. <laughs> but also, go leave. And he's just like, I'm so confused. <laughs> um, Thomas eventually found love in the form of a woman called Peyton Riley, who was a mobster's daughter. Okay, this Marla is going to end disgust- well, I guarantee it. I-, I think the two of them, they're going to find love happily ever after. Marla, disgusted by her background, refused to meet Peyton, leading to a heated argument in which Thomas yelled at Marla for never protecting him from his father's abuse. That night, Marla wrote Thomas out of the family will, cutting him off and ending his medical school dream, saying, you get no money, it's all coming back to me. Fucking power move right there. Yeah. Peyton, who was there, murdered the lawyer who had overseen the will, destroying his documents and effectively reversing Marla's changes. At the exact same time, Thomas, in a rage, smothered his mother to death with a pillow. A finding, upon finding out what each other had done, they concocted a story to justify their deaths, and Thomas claimed the Elliot fortune all for himself. Wow, that worked out very well for literally every character there. Well, other than the two people that are dead. <laughs> oh, they also, I think, in the end, they'll be the real victims. She got what she deserved, to be fair. Look, we're, look I'm not... It's it, who am I to say who lives and dies? What I can say is that she seemed kind of shit. <laughs> I think that was her funeral eulogy by Thomas. Um, <laughs> but Thomas broke up with Peyton immediately, leaving to travel the world and claiming that he refused to ever be tied down again. I'm a loose cannon, baby. I roll on my own. <laughs> Cigar in his mouth, and he's just driving away. Well, Fuck he, ne- you. he never learned how to ride a motorbike, so he gets like ten feet down the road, and then <laughs> and, and he just like he has the awkward moment where he's like falling slowly. Yeah, and like he doesn't fall straight away. The handlebars go first. He's wobbling, and oh, then he falls. You don't want that. Yeah, and he puts out like a leg to oh. try and save himself, and he just hurts him, his knee. <laughs> He's not a doctor, so he can't fucking do anything about it. No, I didn't have any medical school! (laughs) So, now we move on to the major story arc, and that is, of course, Hush. And that was, um, and I'm just going to go through this because some people probably haven't seen the movie, but Thomas was working as a neurosurgeon in Philadelphia when a little guy called Edward Nashton came to him as a patient with brain cancer. Do you know who Edward Nashton is? Uh, the name rings a bell, but I cannot place it for the life of me. Edward Nashton, otherwise known as Edward Nigma. Ah, Enigma. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, Who that could is he be? The Riddler. Ah, yes, the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> Solved it almost immediately. I'm the Riddler greatest De- Riddler now. <laughs> Riddler then went off on his own, and he so Riddler had brain cancer, and he went to do- he went to Doctor Elliot, and Doctor Elliot's like, "We can perform on you," but then Riddler decided that he would go off on his own and used one of Rachel Gould's Lazarus pits to heal himself. Nigma later approached Thomas to try and sell him information about the pit, assuming the doctor would be interested in its miraculous ability to cure cancer. I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah, instead, that's an odd assumption to make. <laughs> but instead, Thomas, who had figured out Nigma's identity by now and realised he had connections to Gotham, asked him to help to get revenge on his old friend, Brucey Wayne. Um, I don't know what he's up like to these nobody's days. business. He hates him he, for no reason. But he did nothing. <laughs> Riddler agreed, and while re- researching Bruce Wayne, the madness caused by the pit, which he referred to as clarity, allowed Riddler to make the connection that Bruce Wayne is Batman. After sharing this information with Thomas, Thomas took on the identity of Hush and began plotting his revenge on Bruce. Okay, and Hush is big man in a trench coat with bandage face? Bandage face, yes. Because he's now, a doctor. The, the bandages come in later on. Ah, okay. Interesting. Hush and the Riddler set up an elaborate plot against Batman and began the execution of it by cutting the bat rope with a batarang, first of all. Now, listen to this list of things they do to him conti- continuously to ruin this man's life, right? <laughs> so, they cut the bat rope with a batarang, inflicting on Batman near fatal head trauma. For which Elliot performed surgery for that trauma. It's later revealed, I think, Elliot plants a chip in him um, that Superman finds and has to burn out of his brain or something. Um, Then you also have, he uh, gets Batman into a brawl with Superman. Why did you say that name? He frames Gordon for murder. He injects Alfred with the fear toxin. He starts riots and attacks all over Gotham, provoking Batman into almost killing his arch enemy, the Joker, at one point. He freezes all of Wayne's assets, making him poor. He makes Batman believe Jason Todd had returned to destroy him, even though he got Clayface to mimic Jason Todd. (laughs) And so that's just some of the things he does to ruin this man's life. (laughs) All for, like, when they were kids, Bruce had a slightly better family than him. See, he's come up with the idea that Bruce and his mother were were like conspiring to ruin his summer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they ruined my summer, brah, so we gotta give him brain damage. And so. Presumably, Batman is just like he does. He just think it's a new player on the scene, or does he think one of his original yeah. villains is doing this? No, he thinks it's a new player because throughout some of these events, a man with bandages on his face and a trench coat would appear in the background and quote Aristotle. And in in some in only some of those incidents incidences is that man Tommy Elliot, but he was there for the majority of these things, and he's just always there when bad shit seems to happen. Okay, not well, it's not like he's trying to give himself away or anything. <laughs> no. So Elliot finally revealed himself to a very tired Batman. <laughs> I put the very there, but I can only assume he's fucking wrecked. He is shattered. And, and told him the truth about the Elliot's murder and his own feelings about Bruce. The two engaged in a vicious battle, while Hush continued to taunt Batman, reminding him of their past and thus distracting him. 
Hush kept Batman at bay at first by using his handguns, but also engaged Batman in hand-to-hand combat and was actually able to hold his own against Bruce in a hand-to-hand fight. Fuck, okay, so when he was travelling the world, he was training as well, presumably, then. He was training as well, He, yeah. he was one lesson and behind Bruce the whole way. He was just, yeah, he was always trying to catch him, like, what did he learn? Oh, that's next week, fuck. Okay, I'll, I'll get him. I love what he's having. <laughs> Hush finally beat Batman by shooting an explosive that had been planted on the Batmobile, resulting in the splash damage to hit Batman from behind. However, Batman was saved, he was literally about to die, by the intervention of one Harvey Dent, who recently had been cured of his mental condition and facial features by Elliot, which meant that Harvey was now whole again and was no longer Two-Face. Fuck, okay, so Thomas (coughs) Elliot engineered his own defeat. Yeah, he he uh, healed Two Face to be like get on the good books because he was like he was contacting all the villains of Gotham, and he's like, oh well, I'm I'm a, like I'm a I'm a surgeon. I could fix you, and and Two Face is like, okay, okay, that's fair enough. Like getting getting into his good books, but by doing that, he brought back full on Harvey Dent, who is Batman's friend. Yeah, and who loves the law more than anything. Yeah. He betrayed the villain by alerting former police commissioner James Gordon of the plot on Batman's life. Dent would wound up, wound up shooting Hush twice, pushing him off a bridge. Batman in- immediately jumps into the water, both in an attempt to save him and uncover his identity. Because he says he's Thomas Elliot, but he didn't unwrap any bandages, so Batman still doesn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> um... The courts, uh, sorry, his body was never found and Superman has since suggested that it had been lost at sea. The courts wouldn't charge Dent without proper evidence or a body. So he was cleared of all charges. Hey, classic Dent. Thanks (laughs) as... Um, and as I said, thanks to Superman's extra vision, it was learned that Elliot had placed a tracking device in Bruce Wayne's skull while he operated on him. Superman destroyed it with heat vision at the request of Batman. It was revealed that the Riddler was the real mastermind behind the whole plot, guiding Elliot all along. Although Batman was unsure the Hush indeed was Thomas Elliot, he never got the chance to remove the bandages to see for himself. Right, so... It, yeah, it's it's the it's the movie trope of if you didn't see a body, it's it, they're not dead. If you don't know it's He's Thomas Elliot, it's not Thomas Elliot. Mm, yeah, and so this guy obviously never came back again. He his body floated away. Man, it's it's mad that they did that much effort for a character that just died. Hush's return oh, no. was hastened. <laughs> Hush's return um, was hastened when he heard rumours from the of the Black Gloves' upcoming attack on Batman. Now, this is a story we've kind of covered a few times. It's Batman R.I.P. in which the Black Glove, which was a group of killers, they get together and they actually kill Batman, Fuck. and they get rid of him. Right. Okay. And so uh, Hush hears that the Black Glove are going to attack Batman. And he believes that it is, his right, it is his right alone to kill Batman. Elliot sought out to outrace the Black Glove, setting the, uh, setting the hospital as a base of operations. Hush then reappeared, but unfortunately he didn't make it because the Black Glove got there beforehand. Right. right. And so he, sets up, he comes to God he's like, I'm going to get there first. He doesn't make it, unfortunately. Shouldn't have stopped for that but, haircut. But and this he only came back for that short period, but then he comes back again because of course in comic books Batman's not actually dead. <gasps> and so shock. He 
He, I'm shocked at this. So he returns, and Hush immediately reappears, following Batman and Catwoman as they track down the criminal known as Dr. Aesop. During Batman and Catwoman's battle with Aesop's men, Hush appears in the warehouse and shoots Aesop twice, killing him. He then told Bruce that the warehouse would not be the battlefield for their final confrontation, and quoting Aristotle, vanished through the window. Could Aristotle vanish through windows? I, I don't know if vanish is the right word. I would say jumped. He jumped through a window. He leapt out of the place. Yeah, he leapt. Um, Hush made an alliance with the Scarecrow and he kidnapped Selina Kyle to, and wait till you hear this plan, remove her heart from her body. Sorry? Yes, that is his plan. To what end? To kill her? Just to, to kill her, to, to do it, <laughs> to fuck over Bruce. What kind of... Is he just like the best surgeon ever? Because generally they specialise in something, don't they? <laughs> No, he's just an all-rounder. So he's a plastic surgeon, he's a, like, mm. neurosurgeon, and he's a cardiac surgeon. Ah, look, he's, he's a surgeon, really, when you think about he's it. He's a surgeon among surgeons. <laughs> yeah. Batman, of course, uh, he wants to remove Selina Kyle's heart from her body. So Batman found Hush and tried to res- retrieve Selina's heart from him. But Hush paralysed Batman and then revealed that he had done a little plastic surgery... On himself. Oh. And his own face. Oh, Sean. right. Because he 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 did a bit of plastic surgery on himself in order to look nearly identical to Bruce Wayne. What? With Bruce at his mercy, Hush prepared to kill him and then posing as the real Bruce Wayne, he would destroy Bruce's empire, his life and his family. That, that it's so... Vicious. For for one summer. <laughs> you ruined my summer, bro. Come on. Like that that is honestly insane to me. And I know he's meant to be insane. But changing your face to get back at someone. But he could have been healed at any point, but Dr. John did Crane said he was fine. <laughs> said he was grand. She's like, nah, leave him off. <laughs> <laughs> so Hush revealed the help he got from Mr. Freeze to create the machine that would keep Selena's heart alive and then he left Batman at the hospital he said I don't need you because with his new face he was going to one place and that was Wayne Manor so he turns up at Wayne Manor and he tries to trick Alfred into the Batcave but the butler resisted and fought Hush until Batman arrived at Wayne Manor he got out so Alfred knew like to- in a minute it wasn't him Oh, immediately, which I think just is a testament to the relationship between Alfred and Bruce. This is true. Mm. Um, and Alfred also does some kung fu with this because Alfred, of, uh, of course, has the history where he worked for MI5 and stuff. Oh, yeah, he was a spy and shit. Yeah, that's a, I, sometimes that's his background, sometimes not, but I like the idea that Alfred has like a whole history where he's also a badass character. I'd love an Alfred TV show, do you know that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Their fight took them to the Batcave, where Hush was utterly impressed by the place. Fucking hell, look at that kind. That's that's a (laughs) T-Rex. Is that a T-Rex? Fucking hell, I could do some plastic surgery. That make that look like Bruce Wayne. Just make everything look like Bruce Wayne. I'm pretty cool. (laughs) Um, So, um, on a final stand, Hush confronted the combined forces of 
Batman, Alfred, and Batman's backup, Nightwing and Robin, who is Tim Drake at this point. Pretty good. And decided and decided to leave the fight for another day. However, on his escape attempt, Hush tried to leave in the helicopter there, which has the worst name in comic books, if anyone wants to know. Um, Batman's helicopter is called the Whirly Bat. <laughs> oh no. The Whirly Bat. You're so cool, Batman. Who? Why would you do that? Did, did you let... Did you let Nightwing name that? <laughs> Just call it the Helibat. What is the problem? Yeah, the Batcopter. Batcopter. Whirly Bat. What the fuck? Um, the, but while he was taking off, his bandages got caught in the propeller. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately crashing against the ceiling of the cave, leaving no trace behind. It's like when you hoover up a sock and it just fucking... <laughs> He just <laughs> he had it all planned out except for the bandages. <laughs> Damn you! No capes. No capes. <laughs> no bandages. Like that? Did he just have them loosely dangling around his neck or something? I I could only assume yes. Right. Okay. And the, so the the copter crash. Sorry, the whirly bat crashes, and yeah. he's never seen or heard from again. Never again. Never again. Wow. He never comes back. What? What? Wow! That, what a weird story to just have it end there. <laughs> Upon Selena's recovery, mm-hmm. she does return. She recovers from having her heart removed. Don't worry. Very good. Um, she she's fine. She's she's feeling better. Never. She enlisted the help of various friends, including Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, and Oracle, to uncover all of Thomas's bank accounts and hidden money stashes, and then robs him of every single penny of his treasured inheritance. She also exposed him to the authorities and Detective Slam Bradley, who started looking for Elliot with renewed interest. Oh my god, Slam came back. He came back. Um, Hush, now broke, injured and defeated, couldn't help but wander the streets of Gotham as a wanted criminal and a random derelict. Oh, so he has lost everything. He's lost everything. Now, he does come back for a little story called Batman Reborn. Um, in which Hush notes how Gotham has fallen apart in Batman's absence and wonders how to use this to his advantage. Um, This is during all of, like, Batman goes missing, and so he uses... He fakes experiencing... um, he He fakes being attacked by Firefly, and when Alfred Pennyworth arrives at his cell to assist, Elliot overpowers him and escapes. He then publicly re-emerges as Bruce Wayne, Stating that he will donate a billion dollars a month to the city of Gotham Jesus. to help their financial crisis. Why doesn't he do that? <laughs> um, by posing as Bruce Wayne, Elliot initially believes himself to be basically untouchable by Wayne's children because he's like, well, I'm now Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne's gone missing and or dead, so fuck all y'all. Yeah. And, um, however... Elliot soon discovers himself to be underestimating them, as Dick and Damien, along with the outsiders and assorted superheroes, explain to Elliot that he will be forever watched and controlled by them, and should he step out of line, that there will always be someone ready to take him down. With no other option available, Elliot reluctantly agrees to be Grayson's puppet, posing as Bruce Wayne, thus preventing the public from realising he was dead. Right. So this is all filters into the fact that they're just using it to hide that Bruce is Batman. So now he's like, 
uh, he's now being used by them to cover their tracks, even though he did that as like a big fuck you to Bruce. And they're like, no, no, we'll just use this weird thing where you look exactly like Bruce to our advantage. That's amazing. That, that that's that's clever, Dicky, for you. It's, it's, it's little Dicky. He's little Dicky for a reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, also, Raid Robin activated a contingency plan set in place by Wayne to transfer control of Wayne Enterprises to Drake if something like Hush's case were to occur, leaving him with no official standing even in the company. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> and then they immediately got rid of him. Uh, because Bruce came back and everything was good. But um, that is a lot of the main stories with Hush. So his powers and abilities is that he has a genius level intellect. Thomas Elliot is a neurosurgeon possessing a genius level intellect. He's got, although he specialises in brain surgery, Elliot is also a proficient plastic surgeon, having repaired the extensive scar tissue on the reformed villain known as Two-Face as well as performing cosmetic surgery on his own face to mimic Bruce Wayne's. Jesus. Doing surgery on your own face. We didn't touch on that, really. It just seems a bit Bob Mortimer. (laughs) Yeah, just do your own dentistry. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Deception. Elliot is a master strategist and manipulator, responsible for setting in motion a lot of series of events aimed at confounding the Batman. (laughs) A lot of events. Like, so many. Did you hear that list? <laughs> it was multiple. Um, then he also has tactical analysis. He's got marksmanship. He's got hand-to-hand combat. Like, Hush is also a skilled martial artist. He was able to hold his own against Batman in hand-to-hand combat, which very few people can do. And he's also an expert marksman, as I mentioned, using a twin forty-five caliber pistol. Um, the name Hush is derived from the popular lullaby, Hush Little Baby. That's my random piece of trivia. Oh, that's a good bit of trivia. I was wondering why you you picked the name Hush. (laughs) And also, I have one random other piece of trivia, and that is, in a Batman Beyond run in the comic books, they brought back Hush, but it was actually a damaged clone of Dick Grayson, who was was under the bandages. Sorry? They cloned Little Dicky? Well, in the Batman Beyond comic books, there was a series of stories that, like, Hush is back, and Bruce is kind of like, but he's actually dead. Like, I seen him die. I shot him myself, yeah. I <laughs> know. I think he was actually killed by um, a civilian. He jumps into their house. Like, he's trying to get away from a crime, and he's, like, running through a house, and a civilian defends themselves by shooting and killing him at point-blank range. And so, like, he just dies like that. So Bruce is kind of like, well, this can't be... Thomas Elliot, and then it turns out that it's Licky, Little Dicky, but it's a clone of Little Dicky. Because they definitely did the Little Dicky reveal, just to have the comic book cover, and then the next week was like, oh, he's a clone. <laughs> it's not actually Little Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so that is my rev- my report on Hush, Sean. What a character. That is, like, mm. that. that's quite the, like, storied history for quite a recent character. Like, he's got up to a lot. Well, before New 52, like, he was really only, like, eight years old, nine years old. Yeah, and I like that he's, he's kind of been accepted as just, like, he was always a part of Bruce Wayne's past. Like, he, mm. like he, he, they were always friends as kids, basically. That's been retconned into it's, a... It's one of the most famous Batman comics, probably, of the last 50 years. Yeah, like, and... Especially when... Th- my first exposure to it was the games and I remember doing a deep dive on like who's this character and I was like 15 and I was like this is class and then I forgot all of that until today 
the, the fact that him and Bruce were best friends, and then he, like, replicates his own face to look like Bruce, just to, like, as an extra fuck you, because he's like, I'm gonna kill you, take over your life, because you have the life that I always wanted, and then I'm gonna ruin your life. Do they ever make any references to face-off or anything in the comics? Uh, no, oh, not that I know of. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage turns up, he's like, that's fucked, man. <laughs> even Thomas Elliot are having a chat, he's like, no, even I wouldn't do that. Fuck it. Fuck me. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big no for me, dog. The, uh, no, that was a really good report, Connor. Thank you very much for doing that. We all appreciate it. Everyone, a round of applause, please. Uh, okay, I don't hear anything. Oh, um, clap louder, friends. He can't hear you. <laughs> That, that's I don't believe you You have no friends <laughs> I don't trust it <laughs> Do you know what else You can clap for Sean what? Our merch oh, That's that a is good coming one. out <laughs> What are your best and We have our We have our new store That is up there That you can get Any Heroes for Hire merch If you want it I couldn't do it In the middle of the report As I was reading The report But um, It's all up there The link is down below If you want to get Someone that you like Some Heroes for Hire shirts We've got mugs We've got uh, pyjamas. We've got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we've got uh, face masks. Uh, I think we do a face mask, yes. Racy lingerie, is that in there? And uh, That's a personal edition now myself, but no, they haven't <laughs> added to the site. I've emailed them several times. Me and Connor put in some special orders. <laughs> For no reason. Just like They're like emailing us back. Nobody would want this. You well, lads, you'd trust be surprised. Me. Trust me. <laughs> Wink. Um, do, do you want to take us out, Chuck? Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Hero or Zero. We will be back on Monday with Movie Mondays, Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, and next Friday with another episode of Hero or Zero. Um, big thank you to all of our patrons over on Patreon who support us, help us keep this show ticking over week on week. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to join those fine people there's a link to the Patreon uh, in the description it's just above the link for the shirts I do believe Um, and for as little as uh, $2 a month um, you can uh, support the show you can get your name in the credits you can get a shout out on Movie Mondays and Weird News Wednesdays there's also uh, our Lazarus Pit series which we will Mm. soon be recording the Christmas episode of it um, and I uh, put up a poll on the Patreon last week of all the suggestions because it was Christmas, so I said I'd throw it back out to the patrons. They get the final say what movie we're reviewing. And wouldn't you believe the movie that was chosen in the poll is Jingle All the Way? I was so that hoping is... it would be Jingle All the Way. I'm so I excited. I was so hoping it wouldn't. <laughs> It's tur- it's superheroes, Connor. It's Turbo Man. <laughs> no, stop. It's so bad. So we will be reviewing Jingle all the way over the next week or so, or maybe uh, yeah, probably a week and a half. Yeah, we're ho- um, not to I- tease too much. We're hopefully going to be able to record it in person, which would be nice. We're hoping for that. So that that would be really really cool. Um, and if we can. Uh, we will get that out to you probably the day after. But yeah, so if you want to head over to the Patreon, it's $5 a month for any Lazarus Pit episodes. We also have another tier that's the $15 a month. You get a mug, uh, you'll get a shirt, you'll get uh, this, everything else. you get all the Lazarus Pits. And you also get a Detective Divilment little badge that Sean has shown me, and they look absolutely amazing. They're class. They're, they're little, they say little divil on them, because you're all little divils. <laughs> 
Um, and is that it, Sean? Yeah, I think that's it for the week. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. But I'll hand you over to Connor now to say goodbye. Uh, bye? I'll talk. I just say talk to you later. I don't say bye. No, bye. say bye. I don't like this hand Say bye, Connor. Bye. <laughs> bye. Good. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> now you say. It. Oh, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> 50 to 80% less and similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.